Well, it was the last game of a seven-game homestand against all Eastern Conference competition, a homestand that saw the Phoenix Suns defeat three of the top four teams in that conference. They've beaten the Bucks, they've beat the 76ers, and they've beat the Celtics. The last game, Steve Nash comes to town with Mike D'Antoni and Amari Stoudemire. He brings the Nets. He brings a team that doesn't have Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant playing. And they lose. Up 24, they lose. Matthew. Yes, sir. What did I just watch? Crazy game, right? I mean, the momentum of the Nets. It's hard to defeat that. I think the Suns tried their best. Obviously, Chris Paul did. Uh, Chris Paul was amazing in the fourth quarter. Didn't touch the ball again after making almost every shot in the fourth. For some reason, I'm not going to play the blame game at all. That momentum that the Nets had, they just could not miss a shot. It's hard to defeat that. Chris Paul tried his hardest, but he was taken away in the end. Well, and I, Chris Paul did everything he could. I just feel like the rest of the team was standing around watching him. The things that made this team so effective in the first half completely disintegrated and were no longer points of strength and the team it almost felt like you know we, we've talked about it numerous times about you've never won anything phoenix and even when you think that you're ahead know that you haven't won anything when you're playing lesser competition know that you're not expected to win anything you have to earn every victory and they took the second half off tonight and they lose to the nets by four points in a disappointing fashion yeah, there was a lot of standing around, but the whole Chris Paul thing, I just meant he wasn't really given the ball after making every mother effing shot. Crowder took a shot. Booker took a shot in the end. Like Bridges Chris took Paul a shot. could not miss. And he was the only way we could defeat those nets tonight, and they just took the ball away from him. So that's all I was saying. Yeah, and Suns on Tap says it correctly in chat. Everyone but CP3 took the fourth quarter off. Uh, yeah. Frustrating loss, frustrating end to a homestand that had so much joy. Uh, the the winning streak, the six-game winning streak, is officially snapped. It, we're going to yeah. talk about all the different factors that led up to it, and, and we'll talk about a lot of the positives that we saw in this game. You really saw the Suns reach their potential in that first half, scoring the most points that they had in a half. I believe they had 75 by halftime, so definitely yeah. a lot of positives to take away from this game. It's just unfortunate that the end result is one that leaves a sour taste in your mouth. So uh, if you are watching along live with us, again, we appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, subscribe, rate review if you're listening on the bright side of the sun podcast network please do the same you can follow the show at suns jam on instagram twitter and tiktok you can follow me on twitter at darth voida you can follow matthew on twitter i'm matthew lissy and i'm gonna you know I, i'm almost out of these truly's thank god but it, it's really? late it's late i've been drinking all night I'm, <laughs> I'm, oh, great. This will be a fun podcast then. Pop them open if you got them, Suns fans. I think we've earned a drink after that one. Yeah, look at that, Frank. The Phoenix Suns lose to the Nets by a score of 128 to 124. Uh, how much do you hate these late games, Matthew? I don't mind them. I mean, doing the pot after is 
real pain in the ass. I'm just joking. It's not at all. <laughs> I actually love doing this. But um, the late games do kind of suck. But, I mean, you got to feel for the people back on the East Coast that watch all these games late. So I guess one or two of them every month isn't bad, right? At least we're getting on TV prime time, right, on Tuesday night, TNT. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see the Suns uh, wear those Valley jerseys for the fourth game in a row, knowing that the majority of their games have been on prime time. Uh, but I'll tell you yeah. this, I am looking forward to daylight savings time, which is March 14th. And that's when the rest of the country kind of moves around Arizona. And these primetime games will start at a 7 o'clock tip or a 7.30 tip for us as Suns fans. So it'll be nice to, you know, Get to bed a little bit earlier. I got to get up at five tomorrow morning. So oh, I'm dude. here for Well, you. that's your own fault. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, work, the work's got to get done. So, you know, yeah. again, uh, here for you, Jamsters. I just, I, I was really excited. You know, obviously, I think that we were all feeling pretty good after that first half that the, the Phoenix Suns put on the Brooklyn Nets. And I was looking forward to kind of a celebration tonight. And unfortunately, that didn't occur. Uh, you know, are, are you are you upset when you see that the Suns play against the three-headed Brooklyn Monster and they're without two of those heads? I mean, I really was looking forward yeah. to seeing Katie and Kyrie. We just got to see Harden. Unfortunately, we lose to him. Uh, but it would have been nice to see the whole gang, huh? Oh, yeah, for sure. KD being out really sucked, I feel like. I wanted to see him at full strength. And then, of course, Kyrie Irving's out, so that sucks even more. My question was always, like, who's Mikhail going to guard? Um, he goes after Harden, of course, because he's the only one left. So that kind of sucks because I want to see them at full strength. And we know as Suns fans and as their players know in the coaching staff, this team can beat anybody right now. Um, so when they came out in the first half, you kind of saw them just kind of attack, not really letting up at all the Suns team. And they knew it because two of those guys are out. They just need to kill them right away, make sure that they put their foot on their throats. They did early. It just kind of got away from them. But I like to see Mikhail on Harden. I mean, we don't have to talk about it right now, but it was just kind of weird. He was doing the full court press on Harden, but I mean, that doesn't really matter. If you're going to guard him, I feel like guard him in the half court, you know, make sure you're on him that way. Um, but I mean, you can't really stop him in the fourth. You couldn't stop him in the first half. Harden only had the one free throw. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to see all three of them, but it, it was just a crazy, crazy win for the Nets, man. They just could not miss anything, dude. Yeah, come the second half, I mean, that that team was unbelievably on fire. You look at how they started. I mean, they're a team that already likes to shoot the three ball. And in the first half, they went 8 for 18 from downtown. Uh, they finished the game. They went 12 for 22 in the second half. I mean, that those are the numbers that, you know, are kind of similar to what the Suns have been doing to teams as of late. You, you look at this you know, and the Suns lost with the, and they put up 124 points. The journey to get there is this team was efficient. They looked really good. Unfortunately, the defense that Dwayne Wade was praising at halftime and saying that this is championship level defense. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I almost feel like the Suns were watching the halftime show and they saw that and, you know, came out and were not really, they didn't have the same edge in the second half. Again, that the close to the third really did it. You know, they're up by 24. It, it drops down to 18, but the, the Suns kind of held them at large for a, the majority of that third quarter. But with about three minutes left, they the Brooklyn Nets really started to exploit the Suns bench from, again, shooting from three. And then the fourth quarter, Jeff Green just spread DeAndre Ayton out and went by him kind of at will. And it was almost like, you know, Steve Nash and the Nets coaching staff unlocked mm -hmm. how to defeat this team is not let DA hang out in the middle and deter shots. 
spread them out, drive by them at will, and then when they do collapse, hit an open three-point shooter, and those three-point shooters were making them. Yeah, I mean, that was what they were trying to do. I think um, Joe Harris, Jeff Green, and also Tyler Johnson in the fourth were kind of killer, dude. They were 8 of 12 in that quarter. They really couldn't miss the three or Damn. even get to the rim, as you were saying before. And that was kind of like what they were doing in the first half, where they were kind of getting eight out of the paint to take it to the rim at will when they wanted to. I mean, a lot of teams do do that. But then if you have Aiden out there on the mismatch, if you're guarding Harden, there's no way. I mean, Aiden Aiden can shuffle his feet like the rest of them, and he can stay with a lot of point guards in the league. But Harden, there's no way. Harden, I mean, Harden moves like Zion, basically. A mini Zion can get by anybody, get a shot up, you know, throw that big body into somebody. Um, But that was just their game plan. And I think that... I don't know what was happening really in the second half. A lot of sitting around on defense, of course, but the switching was really, really bad. The switching, especially on the threes, it wasn't like the Nets, you know, there was no hands in their face and they were just making everything. A lot of them were just wide open. Oh, yeah. The switching was just garbage. So there must have been a game plan that Steve Nash figured out, like, let's just switch this way, do it this way. These guys will be open. And they figured it out. And then they had the wide open threes. All they had to do was knock them down. This team could knock them down 20 of them for the whole game. Yeah. I mean, and I think they had set a season record last night against the Sacramento Kings by hitting 19. They hit 20 tonight. They needed every one of them. I mean, they didn't lead until the very last minute of the game when they hit, when James Harden hit the 20th three that they made. And again, I put that in my notes as well. The switching was really frustrating to watch. We couldn't fight over screens. We were just letting this. I mean, they were doing those mid, those half court switches and the Suns just settled into them. There was no hustling to try to negate the switch. No throwing double teams at Harden to try to negate the switch. Uh, And unfortunately, in the long run, they ended up paying for it. Uh, You know, one thing I noticed, and I'm sure many of uh, our Jamsters watching along with us noticed as well, is the fact that. You know, Frank Kaminsky didn't start. And guess what? Suns lost. Yeah. We were 6-0 and with big Frank in the lineup. <laughs> and they they start Jay Crowder, and we end up losing. And no Frank at all. Zero Frank yeah, minutes. Yeah, I know. I say, WTF. Does he need a break? I mean, I don't know if he's used to playing those heavy minutes. Maybe he needed a break or something. But I was with everybody else, really, just to ride it out with Frank. I, of course, like Jay Crowder in the starting lineup. And they played fine with him in there. He's a better player with the starting lineup with Chris Paul. I just I don't know why Frank didn't get any minutes at all. I don't know if there was just a matchup issue with him, but Frank he really handled himself in the last few games where he was keeping the Suns on that win streak while like you know he had to help out with Cam Johnson sucking. Not I mean not sorry, not sucking, but Cam Johnson does have issues down low trying to rebound the ball, box somebody out, and also just down down low trying to guard anybody. He's very he's trying his best, but it's just not it's not good status right now for him down low but you would like to see frank get some minutes so i don't know what happened it's just that's what monty does sometimes you know a player will be playing good or something and take him out just like i saw in the comments earlier booker was hot in the first again it doesn't even play till like three minutes left in the second so it's yeah. like what is the deal yeah. with that keep that guy in but i'm not trying to play the blame game at all it was just one of those freaking hot streaks from the nets it, it was, and it was a hot streak from the Suns to begin the game. But, you know, I'll, I'll go back to the Frank conversation, and we've talked about yeah. this multiple times on the podcast. The layer that Frank gives to you isn't necessarily defensive. You have enough defensive guys on that starting unit to where he can assist on the offensive end. And, you know, Jay Crowder, great game for him. He ended with a total uh, of, what, 15 points, uh, three for nine shooting from yeah. three, which is, like, pretty standard. I feel like every game, 
It's three for nine for Jay Crowder. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, he took a, a three at the end of the game, which I was not a fan of. I didn't think that that was our best chance to get a shot. Uh, but again, the the Nets were hustling and they were forcing us into situations offensively that we didn't like. But that's where Frank is beneficial. Frank, due to his size and his ability to pass the ball, isn't just standing in the corner waiting for the three ball. He'll 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 drop down into the key. Uh, get the ball when it's passed to him, either take it up uh, in a very unathletic manner, or he'll try to pass it and hit a cutter. And, and what we did in that fourth quarter is we stopped cutting. We stopped moving. And that's because you have the likes of Jay Crowder out there. He's not necessarily a cutter. He's not faster than his guy, whereas Cam and Mikel both are. You need to get a guy who can get him the ball. You know, Chris Paul, to his credit, who had who had a great game tonight, he really did. I mean, he carried that team in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had seven assists, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, seven assists. He has yeah. a hard time sometimes passing as well. To you know, he's a really good low bounce passer, but Frank can just throw the ball over people to cutters. And we've shown that time and again during this win streak prior to this game that Frank Kaminsky is valuable for his ability to find cutters and to create offense. You know, I've talked about it multiple times. You know, this offense, the starting offense is tertiary. the The primary is Booker. The secondary is the high screen and roll with Aiton, which either can lead to a, a Aiton attempt or a CP3 elbow jumper. Uh, and off of both of those things, you have three pointers you can hit. And then the third thing we had was we had that Mikhail and Bridges, or I'm sorry, that Frank and, and Bridges, the F and B connection, where you know they're mm-hmm. finding each other and setting each other up and scoring points. And in the fourth quarter, when we couldn't score any points all of a sudden, you know, a team that scored 42 points in the second quarter scored 25 in the third and 24 in the fourth. And we just lost ourselves offensively. Uh, part of that's Frank, and definitely a big part of that's Devin Booker as well. Yeah, definitely. I think Devin Booker had a hard time at the end of the game. He seemed a little bit frozen on the offensive side. There were some issues with him just handling the ball and figuring out what to do on the offensive side. What I liked from Chris Paul and Devin Booker on this win streak was they were both running their own offense on each side of the court. You know, one would get the ball, run the side, run on the side, set some screens, run some plays, do what they wanted to do on offense on one side of the ball and the other. But tonight, it was just in the fourth, they would get the ball, they would freeze. Chris Paul did it a few times, but Chris Paul also had the isolation where he was just getting those shots off. And you can even see KD on the side just like oh my god like how is this guy making all these shots dude you know what i mean like you just cannot believe your jaw was dropped but booker himself i mean towards the end i don't understand why he's trying to take the last shot and stuff like that because even if chris paul's having a hard time finding anybody he was creating room he was finding a way to get his shot off which was from anywhere on the court basically mm-hmm. the little the jump shot he has from mid-range it's just it's a layup for him and for some reason they just went away from that in the end um, but I don't want to get too much into that because I don't know how that stuff happens, but it happens just like Frank not being in the game. But you did see a little bit of Sarich and Mikhail Bridges, the S&M connection. So Ooh. it's a little bit sexier, you know, Ooh. sexy Sarich and Erotic. Mikhail Bridges, you know, throwing butts around. <laughs> throwing butts around. Yeah. yeah. But um, there was also uh, Cameron Payne. I thought played a really, really good game. I thought Cameron Payne maybe should have played more minutes. I think he kept them in that game with the second unit in the third quarter, knocking down some big threes yes um so it was good to see him playing well but not enough minutes maybe um but i don't know i mean frank missing there's a lot of weird questions but i think it's just a tough tough loss we're always going to be lashing out at something right 
I guess so. Uh, yeah, Cam had a, a really good game, you know, because, again, the offense was stagnant and they weren't cutting and they yeah. weren't moving. So it was just a lot of jump. You know, we turned into a jump shooting team, whereas what made us so effective in that first half was the way that Booker was scoring, the way that Saric was involved in the offense, the way that they were running the high screen and roll and Aiton, you know, was getting some plays. Uh, you know, it was it was it was just it's frustrating to see those kinds of losses and you know it i'll is. address I'll, I'll address some of the things that i see in the uh in the chat uh grim ripa says da can't get the jump ball real quick on that yeah you know what what guys do against da on the jump ball is once the guy throws it up he they jump up it's supposed to reach the top yeah. and then they're supposed to try to hit it it's supposed to be coming back down that was right? the, yeah yeah here D- dylan Pyle says it like green tipped the butt way too early and the refs missed that it's something yeah. that nikolai Jokic does and actually against the game in denver they called him for it mm-hmm. and it's happened now twice since then against da and they don't call it and i don't understand that like da's set up he's ready to go and like the ball doesn't even get all the way up to his hand yet and jeff green runs up and hits it away i mean that was a huge tip and they didn't yeah as travis says in the chat they snake da on the jump all the time and i just i i don't understand how they don't i don't know see that because i'm sitting there watching like oh well he jumped too early oh up i guess that's a net's possession yeah i guess it's their ball there was some kind of weird plays of course by the rest but sometimes even on the sun side with that devin booker foul where he just lost the ball you know it's like crucial for him but then they over of course they overturned they overturned it they had a you know there was things like that where it was just like the rest on both sides were kind of making weird calls but that was kind of obvious and i was you know of course by myself right here in my little tiny new york apartment and i was just like what like is there something i missed there and i turned to the side no one's there for me to talk to but yeah i'm glad you brought that up now because i was thinking the same exact thing john (laughs) and infinite tranquility in the chat who cares about a damn jump ball well it led to the possession where uh cp3 hit the three-pointer that put them ahead that's that's why we're i I think we're talking about it i think it was a it was a big jump ball at that point yeah i'm sorry james harden yeah Yeah. so first lead of the game it always happens like that they haven't led the whole game to the last second Yep, saw that one coming, right? (laughs) Oh, man. And, and, you know, one thing I had put in my notes, and I haven't really talked about this before in the pod, is, you know, how the the pace changes with CP3 Mm -hmm. when he's on the court and when he's off the court. And I know that the commentators, you know, you had Jimmy Jackson, former Phoenix Sun, was calling the game, and he had noted that. And I I never really thought about that duality from the Suns team, and it's something that in the first half looked really good. Is you know when CP3 is on the court, you have this kind of slow, methodical. We're gonna roll the ball up to the half court. We're gonna get you into half court set. We're gonna try to take you. And then once he hits the bench, all of a sudden this team becomes a running gun team. And and when you're yeah. when, when when Phoenix is ahead, it's really awesome to see how they can dictate the offense. Unfortunately, again, it's one of those things in the second half where we just got away from is. You know, we didn't have any pace to our game at all. What made us so effective in the first half completely went away. I think Espo actually tweeted out. He's like, it's a bold strategy to take all the things that you did in the first half and do the exact opposite in the second half. That's literally what happened tonight. Like, I have all these nice notes about how the Suns, uh, you know, they were hustling. They were forcing turnover. And I was looking forward to looking at the – to analyzing the hustle stats tomorrow. And it's just like – I just want to put this one in the rear view. You know, we're 17 and 10 now. We're still the number four seed. It's a bad loss. Yes. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, we got to look forward on this one instead of overanalyzing what this was. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, but I mean, this happens in basketball. I hate to keep saying this stuff, but this happens to every team, every great team mm-hmm. out there. This, these games do happen. We just got a six game win streak. And if they were to win this game, the Suns, 
I would have said this is probably the best win on the seven-game win streak. I know they beat the Bucks and the Sixers, but to overcome that momentum and just win that game, it's very, very difficult in the NBA because when you go into halftime, I mean, what is Monty really saying? He's probably just saying, like, keep up the effort, keep it up, DA, you're playing great inside, just stuff like that, just stuff that you're doing in the first. There's not really any – you can't really make any adjustments. So when you come back out, you're just, like you said, playing the same game, but then it just becomes like – uh, we're, we're, we're okay. We just need to like, we need to make a couple threes here or there to stay up by five or six mm-hmm. towards the end of the game. And it just, it falls away, especially when the nets are just making every three, it just, that's all it comes down to. So it is frustrating, but and now I think the Suns are going to be fifth in the West right now, but it's still such a long season. So, and you can blame the ringer because they were talking about him today in the mismatch. The Everybody, everybody's so, talking everybody's about him right now. And, you know, that's kind of, yeah, this, this will tie us uh, with the Portland trailblazers for the fifth seed right now. So I don't, I, uh, what would the tiebreaker be there? From the Probably Trailblazers. Conference yeah. record. I think we have them there too. But still, like, yeah, everybody's talking positive about the Suns. We're all excited. You know, this is something that we've been waiting for as Suns fans for 10 years is just consistency. Yeah. And we got that in the bubble. We've been playing very well at the beginning of the season, although we've had kind of some peaks and valleys up until the 16th game of the season, you know, where we we dropped the game to OKC and we went to eight and eight. Since then, we're nine and one. Now we're nine and two. So we're still heading the right direction. Things are still good. We're still on pace to be a playoff team. But these are these are the games that just frustrate you as a fan. I don't care what team you are is to be, you know. I feel bad for every Atlanta Falcons fan that was up 23 in the Super Bowl. I mean, that, that's, that, that's, that's heartbreaking. You know, we still have the rest falls of, apart. Yes, everything falls <laughs> apart, and you still have Matt Ryan yes. and your quarterback. And you're like, Jesus Christ. You know, <laughs> yeah. whereas whereas we as a, as a team still have a long season ahead of us. We have the Pelicans mm-hmm. up next, which we'll talk about a little bit. Um, but I, I will talk about Devin Booker. Uh, he, yeah. you know, Western conference player of the week kudos to him on that i think that's fantastic his first time winning it the first time a member of the phoenix suns has won that award since february of 2014 i mean it's been seven years since somebody who wore a phoenix uniform won a player of the week award and it was Mm -hmm. dem booker amazing week started out this game fantastic uh 16 points in the first quarter uh you know, and then do you know what? Honestly, I th- I felt kind of changed it for him, and you know, he ended with twenty two points, and yeah. and that's frustrating. And he went what seven for ten from the field in the first half. He went two for ten from the field in the second half. And again, that's why I don't think it was the wisest move to have him try to uh, back down, sham it, and go up for the score. Oh. You, you know, he just he was ice cold, and I don't think that he was the guy who needed to be taking that shot in the final minute. Uh, but when he got that bench technical. You know, Dario Sarge got fouled, and he gets a tech on the bench. It reminded me of the great Mexico City debacle against the San Antonio Spurs last year where Booker was in street clothes and getting technicals, and we ended up losing that game. And I just – it was really kind of – where did Devin Booker go? (laughs) Well, where did he go on the technical? Where did he go just in this game? Oh, I don't know. I just – I don't know. There's something that happens where in the first quarter he's getting in his game. It's like bubble book where he would just come out, you know, get in a groove, get to his spots, make his shots, and then they move away from it kind of. And it, it's not really him. I mean, if he doesn't play the whole second quarter but three minutes or maybe it was maybe four minutes, like, I mean, he doesn't need rest. It's fine. But he was in such a groove. Maybe to continue that into the second half would have been great. But things like that happen. You know, you can't stay hot for forever. But he – 
even defensively, it was really god awful to watch. But he he just wasn't getting to his spots. He wasn't doing the same things he was doing the first quarter, where he would drive, maybe dish, go to the rim. Like it, he was just not doing the same exact thing that he was doing before. The technical itself, I'm not sure what the hell he said to the ref. But is he like the only player in the league that gets a technical when he's on the bench? Because he seriously is the only guy I've ever seen get a technical <laughs> off the bench. I think maybe he was frustrated because he's been asking Kendall Jenner to just retweet, you know, hashtag Devin Booker, hashtag NBA All-Star. Yeah. And maybe finally at halftime, he went in and she said, you know, listen, Book, I- I'm not doing that, okay? Like, I'm, I'm giving you the final answer. And he just, it-, it took him out of his game. He's like, maybe I'm not an All-Star if Kendall doesn't <laughs> think I'm an All-Star. But yeah, maybe she wants him to drink babies or something, drink baby blood, and he doesn't <laughs> no. want to yet. You know, he's not there in his life yet. Whatever know? the Jenners do is that you know that's that's their thing. But <laughs> uh, you know, again, yeah, I mean, he gets the technicals. I don't understand it. It's it's just it's bad form yeah. for him to do so. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you look and we have the Watch Twenty Twenty One. And this was another, you know, the duality of this game is amazing because they're so great in the first half, so bad in the second half. And that was kind of the story, I feel, uh, for DeAndre Ayton. Started the game the first half, had nine points on and six rebounds on five of uh, or four or five shooting. Fantastic defense. And he ended this game with 60 points, nine boards on seven of nine shooting. So if you're to sit there and and you look at that box score, you think, DeAndre Ayton, great game. What were your thoughts on mm-hmm. in this game? No, I don't look at the box score and say great. I'd say it's a good game for him. He did, first half, he played very well. What he didn't do is bring the ball down around his ankles every time he caught the ball. He actually just put it up and in. Uh, he went to work quick, but there's just a different look in his step in the first half compared to the second half. The second half, he looked a little bit, not lazy, but lackadaisical and just kind of out there running through the motions again. And anytime he would touch the ball, just like Booker, he would kind of panic in a way, which we see a lot from DA, but he just wasn't the same DA as he was in the first half. Everyone was driving on him. There wasn't there. I think he had like one block shot. Let me see how many block shots they have one. Yeah. One block shot against Harden. Mm-hmm. But besides that, he wasn't able to actually get, his hand on the ball against anybody driving. So that does kind of suck when you say he's your defensive anchor and anybody can drive against him and stuff like that towards the end of the game, that hurts your case for him to be your defensive anchor in a way. Uh, But in the second half, I really thought that he just kind of lost it, dude. And when you start talking about this team, the Phoenix suns going into the playoffs, maybe being a championship contender, and Shaq said it best. Shaq said, who cares if these players around you are feeding, are getting fed, and they're actually they're making every like they're having great stats, like Devin Booker, Chris Paul, like they're gonna be all-stars, and Aiden's fine with it. He's like, everyone else can shoot and score. He says the same stuff all the time. He'll just do his thing, but no, no, because he's not that I know he can be better. Everyone knows he can be better. Shaq knows he can be better. He's not that player yet a course but if you're talking about championship this year which i think suns fans will know how it feels in the playoffs if we end up losing and we're gonna be like god we're so close we're one piece away that is ayton or else if we do trade ayton for like a Deon or not deandre andre drummond or someone like that that might actually help us win a championship this year well i'm not going to go as far to say that for da i mean i think he had a really good game in the first half like i said Really solid defense, uh, and I think that the Nets figured him out. I think they did a really smart job, especially in that fourth quarter, of drawing him away from the paint, having Jeff Green play. I mean, look at th- their 
Their crunch time five included Jeff Green at the five. That's what ultimately sunk him because he wasn't, you know, he's used to playing centers. He's used to playing the likes of Joel Embiid and, and, you know, who did he play in the, in the last game? Who did we play last? Was it the Sixers? It was the Sixers. Yeah. So Giannis before that, you know, so he, he's used to these guys who you can, you can let them shoot the three. They're not always going to make it, you know, obviously Embiid's kind of a unicorn and he can hit that more often uh, than a lot of other guys, but he's not used to playing press defense on there. So what did they do? They put Jeff Green in there. They spread him out. They took him away from the basket because he hit a couple threes. And then once he finally was like, okay, I'm going to step out here and guard this guy. So he's not going to get the three. Jeff Green blows right by him and gets a, a, a bucket, mm-hmm. you know? So that's part of eight and trying to learn how to defend that guy, which is a unique situation. You're not going to see that very often. Now, Obviously, if other teams run the tape, they might see, you know, for stretches of the game, this might be a way to attack the Suns and take them out of their game. But also some of that's help defense. You know, Aiton is so good at what he can do defensively and and do shot deterrence. And as they were mentioned, B-ball index, uh, he's the number, what, two player in the league in shot deterrence so far this year. He's so good at shot deterrence that his team leaves him on, on, on an island and they're not collapsing off their guy in an effort to help him. And, you know, every now and then maybe you should do that, you know, leave sham it open. Of course, you know, again, tonight it's just so tough because every guy was hitting everything in the second half. So you couldn't Mm -hmm. defend, you couldn't, you didn't want to leave your guy because you thought that he was going to hit the shot. And then when they were running those high switches and putting James Harden on DA, like James Harden's going to win that 10 times out of 10 times. He's James fucking Harden. Okay. Yeah. Period. I'm not. I'm not saying defensively. Of course, it's very difficult. I'm not saying defensive anchor. It's like oh, like trade him for that reason. I'm just saying offensively, he has to put up a fight and he has to be dominant because like these games where Booker can't get going, Chris Paul is hitting miraculous shots. I mean, he can make those mid ranges like like in his sleep basically. But if you need someone else to step up, we need that to be Da. That's all we're saying. Like the interviews, they're cute and stuff. Where he just he's a good teammate, good atmosphere. But when it comes to the playoffs, and when it comes to us wanting to win a championship, we're not going to want that. Everyone will turn against him for those reasons because he's just so passive. Because we want him to be someone else. If we want him to be someone else, then we have to make a trade or something. Because honestly, it's not going to be good enough this year. Who who knows how long? I'm not doing this because they lost tonight. I'm just saying this is what's going to happen. If Chris Paul is gone after next year and the, and then he's still the same, DeAndre is still the same player, I'm just saying you only have a limited window. So if they're thinking it that way, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a trade. I don't want to trade him at all. But I'm just saying if you want to win a championship this year, you can't have this kind of DA. You just can't. Well, again, by the time the, the playoffs come around, I really feel like he will have grown more because he continues to grow. And I still think, you know, again, what 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 is this is game number 120 in his career, whatever it is. I mean, it's just he's yeah. still so young. Uh, obviously, when the playoffs That's come true. around, we're going to we'll really learn about what he is. And, and you know, he, this is national TV, Aiton. You know, he's a guy who gets up for big games. He was playing well in the first half. He played well offensively as, you know, as much as they got him the ball in the second half. They weren't getting the ball. Again, I feel like Chris Paul always takes like, one extra dribble. We, we say like he doesn't get the ball and then he gets the ball and brings it down. So it's like it's both sides. Yeah, it is. I, just, I don't I don't know. That's I why just, there's that's why there's eight and watch. Like, I know the that's most why polarizing I top and I don't I'm not Phoenix saying time. I want to trade him or anything like that I'm just saying this is the stuff that's going to come up if this keeps happening six game win streak is great but I'm just saying they want never mind I'll stop there <laughs> love you guys yeah, as Dave King says in the, in the 
As Dave King says in the chat, fun how angry everyone is when the Suns have only won nine of 11. Well, you know, I'm like, not angry. I'm not angry. This is Aiton watch. This I is think a you just trade. I think you traded DeAndre Aiton for Andre Drummond there. That's what I think happened. I said, if you want to win a championship, those are things you got to think about. But yeah, I don't think Andre Drummond is going to bring us a championship. But again, okay. that's Aiton watch. He's a better DeAndre Aiton this year. Yeah, I don't think so. But that's just me. He's too slow. He was not going to play the. I don't okay. think he'll play well in the confines of our offense. Uh, Abdel Nader. Uh, we saw him again. You yeah. know, I think, I think, you know, one thing that Monty's done a good job of so far this year is, is playing different guys on different nights, you know, outside of not starting Frank tonight or giving him any minutes at all. Uh, yeah. Just keeping this, this roster engaged. I think that that's something he's done well. And I think that, you get kind of a different energy when Nader's on the floor. Now, obviously, much like the rest of the Suns, he didn't play well in the second half. Uh, when he came in in the first half, he hit uh, a three-pointer, uh, five points on two of three shooting. You know, had uh, He took the ball to the rim, as he typically does, and didn't take a shot in the second half on three more minutes. But uh, you know, I, I like that Monty has kept this team fresh and continues to play with his rotations and and generally they pay off again they didn't pay off in the second half but the entire team didn't pay off in the second half so you know that's kind of just a little uh a microcosm of what's been occurring over this past the six games prior to this and for the first half of this game is you know i just i'm impressed with the way the the way that monty has really adjusted his rotations and kept these guys in there oh yeah me too and i think the way for eight and two oh wait sorry we're talking about something else (laughs) i'm just joking no, no, his rotations are good. The only thing that was kind of weird tonight is Frank not being in there. But Nader himself, I mean, we always love to see him in there. I feel like he does a lot on offense for this team. But I want to see, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even want to go out and say, like, hey, I want to see Javon Carter because we lost by two points tonight. You know, stuff like that. I'm not going to even bring that up. Thank I'm not, not going to be that guy. I, it was eight and watch. All right. I know. I know it was eight and watch. And I just, I disagree with trading him or thinking that. I didn't say to trade him. I know, but you're saying if when we hit the playoffs and we find some deficiency that he's somebody we're gonna have to trade eventually if we want to. Yeah, to it's confusing. No, I, I, get, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, like we don't know that yet. We he's got so much more room to. How grow. much longer can we wait, though? I know, but but this team's different, though. You can't. But wait we've never been long. to the playoffs with this team. We don't know how a, a team's gonna play us in a seven game series. DeAndre yeah. is gonna be someone they attack. They're gonna attack everyone on this team. That's what a seven game series does. We're gonna do the same thing to them. And if he can round into form offensively, given his efficiency, yeah, he's gonna be a positive player. We just don't know that yet. And I I'm not saying. We need to trade it before we even have an opportunity to see what it is in the playoffs. I think that's mm-hmm. something we need to go through this playoffs, see how the opposition attacks, and then see if we have the ability to pose our will and you know a f- some fluke happens or if we truly need to adjust. You know, again, the, the problem with the 2004, 2005 Suns is rather than realizing, oh, we're changing the NBA, we need to impose our will on teams. Is they traded away a lot of their good players, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Quentin Richardson and Joe Johnson, in an effort to get Kurt Thomas. You know, and try to get big and be like the the San Antonio Spurs, and I don't want that again. I, I don't like that. I don't like not. I, I like dr- being in the driver's seat. I don't like to be in the passenger seat. Be like, well, would you take a left here? Yeah. Like, I, and that's just. Well, that's a little bit different because you're taking away three-point shooting, which the Suns were the best at back then. But I'm just saying DeAndre Drummond, or De- I always call him DeAndre. Andre yeah. Drummond is just the better version of DeAndre Ayton right now, I think. He's just that better version. And that's he's also a lot more expensive, and we still got DA. Uh, what He's eligible for a contract extension at the end of this year. Yeah, so We could potentially 
bring it out for another season or see what we have instead of trying to bring in somebody who's worth, you know, $28 million, which we don't have at this point. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, <laughs> moving, moving on. Sorry to all the jamsters who are oh, that was watching fun. and hearing us get subscribe, subscribe to the pod while you're out there, hit the thumbs up button on the, uh, the thumbs up button yes. thingy down below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, head over to YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, subscribe, hit the bell. Let's you know when we go live and make sure you follow the pod on the bright side podcast network where you can subscribe rate and review. Um, this game is essentially over. Uh, it, it, it's hard to ask this question, I guess, but uh, you know, we'll pose it. Jam star of the game. Matthew, who's your jam star of the game in this four-point loss to the Nets? Um, I'm going to give it to Chris Paul, of course. I mean, he's the only reason we actually had a chance tonight. He just played dynamite. Can you imagine if they would have won, though? Just his fourth quarter on ESPN, TNT, whatever. It's just like, this guy stands the time. The, age the of time. test of time. Was, the test of time. I said it completely wrong, but that would have been the, the scenario after the game. But honestly, I think it was him. But Joe Harris probably for the Nets because he's like one guy. I was like, watch out for this guy. And of course, he scores 22 points because he can just he can light it up, man. Yeah, he he's somebody who got, you know, once he starts to get going, you're like, shit, you know, that's it's never fun to see Joe Harris go against you. And knowing that you have Katie and Kyrie out, you knew he was going to get the opportunity to do what he does. And he started cooking that second half. Obviously, from a Sun standpoint, I'm giving to Chris Paul 17 points in that fourth quarter, 11 straight yeah. for the Suns. I mean, he, he was trying to this remind me so much of the OKC game, which was I think our was it our it was our second. It was three losses ago. This loss. The uh, the Pelicans lost and OKC or whenever that yeah that was that was yeah. our eighth loss. You're better season. at remembering than I am. So. Well, it's because I write articles Close. and such, so I like I really <laughs> analyze things. Uh, oh. But Chris Paul was trying in the fourth quarter of that game to Willis, and it was the same thing where it became Chris Paul iso ball. Unfortunately, what happens when that starts to occur is he's not distributing the ball and passing around, and everybody starts watching again. And the things like that that did so great for us in the first half of this game just become a moot point. So. Uh, looking at some of the jamsters, everybody's a uh, you got Corey Jones, CP3, Frank Kaminsky. That's fantastic. <laughs> CP3, Jeff Green. That's some that son of a bitch. Uh, Blaze says CP3 for the jam star. Um, Infinite Tranquility, no jam stars tonight. Hey, you know we scored 124 points. It was a good offensive showing. Yeah. We we just we just against the Nets. Yeah, I mean the the best fourth quarter team in the league. They had their way with us and you know, did what we didn't want them to do. And that was to come back and outscore the Suns in that fourth quarter by a total of 16 points. I mean, we were up 12 going into the fourth and we just couldn't shut them down. Uh, it's probably not ne- appropriate because we know him, but I'll still give this one away. The Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. I'm giving that to our buddy Tyler Johnson, man. I mean, okay. they, they mentioned it on the broadcast. He hadn't started a game since the bubble. This is his first start since then. He ended up going goes five for ten from the field, five for eight from downtown, two for two from the free throw line, and has 17 points. And he was a real pain in the ass in that third quarter. Again, when we every time they kind of punched us, we were counterpunching until it got to Tyler Johnson time. And I think he had nine or 11 points in that third alone and it just yeah. it, it was a little too much to handle yeah he was insane also uh landry Shamit. like as soon as i saw him knock down a couple threes 
in the second quarter. I was like, oh, this might be the guy. He only finished with three of them. But I feel like he got everyone kind of going, right? I mean, I feel like everyone was kind of following his lead. But, I mean, all of them were just shooting threes. So what the hell are you got to tell him to do? Just go out there and shoot threes. So <laughs> I'm going to give it to Shamit, even though the, the stats aren't as good as Tyler Johnson or like Joe Harris. He, I think he was just the fire starter in a different way. No, I completely agree. And then obviously he had the big defensive play at the end of the game against Devin Booker. Shamish is one of those guys who's always annoyed me ever since he was a member of the Clippers. You know, I was thinking about this today because I was watching the game before I was watching Zion and Ja go at each other and Dylan Brooks is out there and he's just like, I really need to make a list of my top five guys to just annoy the shit out of me in the league. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Sham, it's like number eight. Like he's definitely yeah. in my top 10, but he doesn't earn the top five spot. No, no, he he's up there, right? <laughs> he yeah, really is, he has a yeah. perfect name too for it. I don't know why. Sham it. Um, so right we our, our next segment, which used to be Jam Session Predicts. Guess what? For guess what? Uh, talking about this game, we said who would have more field goal attempts? Would it be Booker or where will it be Harden? Harden ended with twenty two field goal attempts. Booker ended with twenty. We both chose. Harden on that one. So yes. we were correct. Okay. Over or under Booker plus Chris Paul, 40 half, 45 and a half points. We both yeah. took the over. In fact, uh, we put that poll out on to uh, our Twitter page and 88% of the Jamsters thought that it would be over. 88% of the Jamsters were correct. You had Chris Paul at 29 points. Booker had 22, so that comes out. If my math serves me correctly, that's 51 points between the two. So uh, good job. We both got that right. But unfortunately, the one we got wrong was who wins, Suns or Nets. We both took the Suns. They obviously, the Nets won, and that oh. drops our record this season. I'm 7-5, and five and you are 8-4, and four, Matthew. Yeah, I man, I don't know. I just should have thought they were going to lose this game, right? It no. was too easy. No, I wanted to finish that that home strip, oh, that home stand, awesome. seven and zero, oh, man. God, good fight so though. Even close. though shorthanded Nets, Nash knew something we didn't. You know, is Amari Stoudemire even on the? I mean, he's on the coaching staff, but is he on the sideline? Like, I think he's he's not I there. Like, no. right? <laughs> I feel like I don't no. think he travels. Yeah, I don't ever see him on the bench. You know, quick. Uh, yeah, I never see him on the bench either. But I, I, I know he's around. Quick, uh, quick shout yeah. out to Jay Crowder, man. Rocking the nice. Steve Nash jersey on uh, his way That's into awesome. the arena tonight. I don't know what the hell's on his feet or what his pants are. He looks like uh, the looks lion like, from yeah. Wizard of Oz. But I was say, yeah, it looks like bare legs, but I don't know. <laughs> it <laughs> looks I, like a 2K player, right? I was rocking yeah, my Nash jersey all night. There you go, man. Oh, I, I should have worn mine. Damn. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty upset about that. The fact that Nash walked out of there. But he looks baller, dude. I wish I could wear stuff like that. I really do. I mean, he looks comfortable. He looks very, very comfortable, and he wear, wear whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, up next for the Suns, they ha- they play at the Pelicans Friday at 6 p.m. Obviously, yep. this is going to be the uh, third game that we've played against the New Orleans Pelicans. We played them earlier in the season and dominated them, completely dominated them. I believe we won by 25 points. Uh, it was 103. Where is that? 111 to 86. We beat them on December 29th. February 3rd, we lost to them 123 to 101. So neither of these games have been close. What are you looking for when we play them on Friday night? Oh, man, I'm looking for I think Adams might be out. He got hurt tonight, and Mm -hmm. I like that offense without him. 
it's kind of back and forth. It's like I like him with Adams. I like him without. I'm more without. I always thought Adams was kind of overrated. Steven Adams, that is. Their center. I Zion himself, I like him playing the four. I just he is getting ridiculous now. The last few mm-hmm. games, the last maybe week or so, he's really turning it on. Now he's getting the all-star nod pretty much from everybody. Um, I just I don't know. I mean, this this team's kind of hit or miss. They can look like one of the best teams in the West, they can look like one of the worst teams in the West. The last time the Suns played them is very difficult to watch because New Orleans just whooped our butt, and it was really hard to even, you know, watch that game. But I don't even know what to think because if Adams is out. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for the Suns because they have that one guy. I forget his name. It's like Hermaphrodite or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) whatever his last name. If he's playing center with Zion, I feel like Zion just needs like a big body next to him, not to do much, maybe spread the floor a little bit, but just someone that's out of the way. I think Adams is too much in the way. If that guy can stay out of the way, it's going to suck down low for the Suns. Well, they also have Jackson Hayes who just doesn't play well. He was, he, uh, yeah, believe, he had a good rookie year, kind of, right? He had a decent rookie year, yeah. but like he just, uh, like I was watching him play tonight because he got some playing time at the end of the game because they were blowing Memphis out of the building. And, you know, he kind of reminds me of a Damon Jones where he's just like, he's big, he's lengthy, and he just fouls people. So it'll be yeah. really interesting. You know, Zion, his spin move is elite, his, his ability to jump quick is elite, and so is his spin move. Oh. I mean, watching him down in the post that's obviously going to be a challenge for them and you know if the suns were smart they would attack him on offense and try to get him into any kind of foul trouble because he isn't you know i don't know if you listen to the bill simmons podcast today but he had charles barkley on and they were talking about zion and one of the things that charles kind of kept mentioning over and over again is how zion uses all of his energy and his quick moves and his speed on offense he's not necessarily a rebounder and because everybody compares Zion to Charles and Charles is like, listen, I rebounded. I, you know, he's like, I think I had 14 years in the league where I averaged 10 rebounds. This guy's averaging seven. So he says he doesn't really put forth the effort on the defensive end. Uh, I think that's a, an advantage for the Suns. You know, if you attack him and you try to put him in foul trouble, that's a, a one way to negate him. Cause it's a very, they're 28th in the league in defense. They have, yeah. you know, they're, they're one of the worst uh, defensive net rating. I mean, it's just, they're going to give up points. And the Suns can score points. We saw that tonight. You just have to negate Zion, and that's what killed us last game. I mean, Zion took over and didn't allow the Suns to get in any kind of rhythm. He was getting us in foul trouble, and and those those choppy games. We're a team that likes to flow, and you know, credit to tonight. And for the most part, there was a lot of flow to the game. It just it helps the. Brooklyn Nets too because they're a team that likes to flow too. So yeah, you can't really stop Zion. Maybe someone like Saric on the, he can put a body on him or something like that down low because maybe even, Kaminsky, maybe Kaminsky, someone. But they're gonna maybe foul out. But Zion himself, I don't feel like he's really drawing too much contact. He just tries to move around people, shoot around him, you know, lay the ball up around him. So he won't maybe foul anybody out. But I think Saric maybe he, their butts are about the same size. I, I, that might be the best the best attempt we have. To I love the big right. butts. <laughs> all right so over under zion points in the paint 18.5 oh over first half over i, I think he's gonna <laughs> score like 30 in the first half oh man i'll take the under in this one okay i'll take the under uh over under booker points 28.5 uh under let's go I'm under ta- i'm gonna take the over i'm gonna go the opposite nice. i think that I like it. Th- this is saying? a team that he can score they're, they're a bad defensive team i think he's pissed off after what happened tonight and mm-hmm. I think he'll come out and he'll uh, put forth a quality effort that gets at least 30 points. Uh, who wins, Suns or Pellies? Uh, I'm going to say the Suns. I am as well. I know that this is a team that 
did beat us up pretty good last time we played him. I think it was a very disappointing loss. Uh, it was a hard podcast to do after that one. I remember because it's just, you know, it's always tough. Like, which is tougher, getting blown out or losing the way you did tonight? And for me, it's almost, you know, getting blown out by the Pelicans is almost worse than losing to a Nets team. Oh, that, yeah. You know, without a doubt. So for sure, man. I right. mean, if one team has momentum, it's it's tough to stop. So yeah, I mean, and they just they couldn't miss tonight. God, that makes me mad. Mm-hmm. Um, the next segment that I want to talk about before we get out of here tonight is the thoughts. Um, brains. So this is the segment that we talk about things that are going on in the NBA as how they might pertain and affect the Suns and Andre Drummond. I said that. Yeah, it's not. Now you got me thinking. I'm like, is it DeAndre? Yeah, it's no, it's tough. It is Andre, tough Andre Drummond there. and Blake Griffin are it's both being world. sat until their respective teams trade them. I don't know if you yes. saw what Draymond Green said about this yesterday. Perfect. How I love how what he said. I did too. You know, where it's like, well, if it benefits the team, it's okay. But if the player wants to sit. It's bullshit. I agree yeah. with that. That's not what we want to talk about. Are these guys that the mm-hmm. Suns should be interested in? I know that the trade deadline, I believe, is March 25th. A lot of Suns Twitter, a lot of Suns Facebook, where it gets really fucking crazy. Uh, you know, they're they're panning for these guys. We need to bring these guys in. You know, Matthew already wants to trade DeAndre Ayton for Andre Drummond. Or I know, I know. But what are your <laughs> thoughts on Andre Drummond and your boy Blake Griffin? A, both being sat until they're ready to be traded, and B, should they be any in any way, shape, or form targets of the Phoenix Suns? I think you got to trade Aiden for either one of them. I'm just joking. You're so fucking stupid. No, so <laughs> like, clip that and just like put it on our Twitter page. Yeah. It's just just that loop over and over. Do you know how many lights I have on me right now? I gotta I gotta ask Espo and Dave. Let me know how you light up yourself. I just have so many lights and you still can't see my forehead. But um, I, do I look spooky? I might I might look spooky. Um, so DeAndre Aiden. I'm, okay, so are we? <sighs> okay, Andre Drummond, use- Blake Andre- Griffin. Like, Should they Blake, be targets of the Suns? All right, Blake Griffin himself. If it's a buyout situation, I wouldn't mind it. Of course, you don't want to take on that contract. No one's going to have it there. Mm-hmm. Blake, I think I've. I actually, I remember when we remember we had the uh, podcast with Flex. And I'm like, any any chance of a reunion with Blake and Chris Paul? It would be interesting. I think Blake. They're talking about he hasn't dunked in two years, something like that. He can't get yeah. off a shot because he can't jump because his legs and his knees are just out. I don't know if that's really the truth. I think there's something behind it to where he's just not giving his mo the most he can out there just like to save him the injury maybe because he might be maybe wants to be healthy because maybe he has the opportunity to go to a different team towards the end of the year, maybe have a chance to win a championship, maybe it's the Lakers, maybe it's the Clippers, who knows. But the Suns adding him, I think I would love it. I know what last pod we talked about there's too many fours, but if you have Blake Griffin, he can do a lot. He can do a lot just like Sarge does but a little bit better. He can do better than Crawford, if he can get that three to go down, Andre Drummond, I don't know, man. If they were, I wouldn't be surprised if by that time the Suns trade DeAndre Ayton for Andre Drummond. The only reason being is how much how much longer can we wait for DeAndre Ayton? Not because it's his fault, but just because of this franchise and the window we have. But what do you think, John? Well, I think Andre Drummond is he'll be a net. I honestly believe that. They need a presence down low. Obviously, playing Jeff yeah. Green as, as a five only works against the Suns. Uh, but I think that that's where he'll end up after a buyout. So I don't think Andre Drummond's someone who's going to end up in Phoenix. Again, you know, the, a buyout is the first thing that has to occur. You know, we talked about John Collins on the last podcast. 
And the same sentiment, yeah. you know, I honestly don't believe that the Suns need to do really anything come trade that line. They really don't. Like Jalen Smith is was the weakest link on this team, and he's now in the G League. So he's going to have an opportunity to develop, to get some court time, to get some opportunity to work on his uh, defense. He's also somebody who lost a lot of weight, unfortunately, due to COVID. So he needs to get his body back in shape. I mean, you think about Jalen Smith, I think I was reading today, he weighs the same as Mikhail Bridges. Like, yeah, Mikhail is the same as Mikhail Bridges on the court. Yeah, we're always right. like, oh, hey, yeah. So, I mean, you, the only difference is the goggles. You know, he's long. Uh, so, he was your weakest link. Uh, outside of that, like, I really like the roster as constructed. So, if you throw in a Blake Griffin, if you bring him in and he's like, you're like, listen, Blake, we just want you to be our backup four. Okay, but now you're taking time away from Jay Crowder, who does play well defensively and can pass the ball. He does take probably about two too many threes for me. I wish yeah. he would shoot just three for seven or two for seven from the from beyond the arc during the game. Uh, but Cam Johnson as well, you know, somebody who I thought had a good game tonight, you know, in the first half, like everybody did in the, in the on the team. But he was driving the ball. He was shooting the ball. He was doing a lot of those things. He was playing well defensively. He was helping out on help defense. I mean, I think the team was really gelling that first quarter. I don't want to take away those minutes and give them to a broken down Blake Griffin. Now, I think it could be right. Blake Griffin when the time comes, he's going to end up in Los Angeles. It's probably going to be a Laker. And I could totally see that they're a team that'll bring him on, especially with AD, now with AD yep. cur currently being hurt and being out. I think three to four weeks, I think is what they said when it comes to his Achilles and his, or a calf strain or whatever it ended up being. So I, I really think that it's not necessarily the right move for the Suns. I really like this roster. I think that moving forward, there's going to continue develop chemistry. Don't interrupt chemistry. And that's kind of been my mantra. And I'll continue to say that probably till the trade deadline until the Suns mm -hmm. make a move. And I love it. Yeah. And you look back to last year. What do we have? We had really good chemistry really in the bubble. But I mean, we had to do what we had to do to win. And we we'll hopes to be, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to win a championship just to go close to it. That's what our goal is. I mean, even Javon Carter said it well in the beginning of the year. Our goal is champions. That's what he wants to be as champion. I just think there's nothing that tells me that DA won't be traded and there's nothing that tells me that he will be traded. I think it's really up in the air. And if I think Chris Paul and Booker go to Monty, go to James Jones, be like, Hey, we're trying with DA and Chris Paul only has this much time to win a championship and we cannot wait. Maybe he's the future of the franchise, which I don't know. It doesn't look like that. He would need to be the third or second best guy. I always thought he would be the first best guy on this team. It just doesn't look like that yet. I just don't know how long they can wait. So if they do pull the trade, of course, it'd be very, very strange to have DA traded, but also it might help them in the long run in the playoffs. So I know chemistry is a thing. I just think they can get that chemistry with whoever is traded for DA if he was out and then we had someone replace him. I don't know if that would even mess up this chemistry, honestly. Yeah, I uh, again, yeah, I get your point. I get what you're saying, especially with especially with CP3 on on the clock, if you will. But I really yeah. think like DeAndre Ayton's playing really fucking good. He just he has some nights where he's inconsistent. He offensively he's not where you want him to be. But defensively, I love this guy and I have all season. He's only going to continue to grow this season. That's why I think is he the the cornerstone of your franchise moving forward? Probably not. He's not Joel Embiid. Okay, he's not on that. You know what were they yeah, saying exactly. today on on the broadcast? They were talking about how he's not in the same room as uh rudy be, gobert yeah, but defensively but but he's next mm -hmm. door you know like you don't just throw that away hoping that andre drummond will help you out i just i don't see it so again i mean that's something that 
will yeah, continue to watch and a monitor. And for me, in all honesty, like the goal for the Suns right now, in my opinion, number three seed. Like I want that number three seed because if you go to the playoffs, a number three seed could get you to the Western Conference Finals. If you're the number four seed going into the playoffs, you win the first round, you get the Lakers. The Lakers are a beast. Let's face it. I'd rather play the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals with a chance to spend a lot of our energy trying to get through them and then get to the final. I mean, that, that that's my goal. This mm-hmm. team is good enough, as constructed, to get to the Western Conference Finals, but in order to do that, you have to hit that three seed, in my opinion. No, oh, yeah, you're smart. Do what like the Spurs always did against the Suns. Just try to get them in the first or second round, <laughs> knock them out, you know, and then you know play the other shitty teams later on. Well, yeah, and no, I mean the the year that we probably should have won the title, the year that uh, Mari Stoudemire was out, you know, I think it was two thousand the two thousand sixteen, mm-hmm. where we played the Spurs. I think it was the the was it the first round or the second round? It was the second round, and we ended up playing them because I think they upset the Mavericks, who were the number one seed that year. They beat us, and then they went on. They played the Jazz, who were nobody, and they beat the the uh, LeBron James in his first run to the finals of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, I'd like to play play those Lakers and get them in the Western Conference Finals versus that second round, though. I just think that, yeah, you know. But we'll see what happens. Obviously, you know, we're talking, uh, yeah, just way ahead of time. But you know, the playoffs are a, a reality here, and I get what you're saying because you have to think about the playoffs and how this team is going to perform in that in that space. You know, give DA a chance, man. Give DA a chance. Oh, so. I want to give him a chance. I just don't know if we have the time to do it. It sucks. The, Booker had all the time, the time in the world to get better. He had he four did. years. Four yeah, years yeah. to do whatever five. the hell he, he had wanted. Five to years. Better. Five years. And then now he's the man he is. He's a superstar because he had all that time to work hey, on his game. show up in the fourth quarter tonight. That son of a bitch. Trade him. Oh, how, how dare him. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> the one night, right? <laughs> Well, it's getting pretty late here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. I think it's time to wrap these up. Again, thank you to all the loyal Jamsters who decided to watch this with us. Please hit the thumbs up button. Please subscribe if you haven't done so. The goal is 1,000 subscribers. Uh, we're at like six something. So we're we're working our way towards that mountain, yes. hiking the mountain up. So tell a friend, have them subscribe as well. We appreciate it. If you're listening on the Bright Side Podcast Network, again, rate, subscribe, review. We thoroughly appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. You follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. We will once again be live on Friday night after the Pelicans game. So right around 930, between 930 and 10 on Friday. So we hope to join you then. That's all I got for this episode. Again, the Suns lose to the Nets 128 to 124. They are now 17 and 10, tied with the Portland Trailblazers for the fourth slash fifth seed in the Western Conference. Uh, we got a couple days off to kind of contemplate what went wrong. Let's hope Monty makes those adjustments. Uh, that's all, all I right. got. So everybody have a good night. Yeah. Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, I don't want to trade Aiton, by the way, but uh love you guys. Thanks for, dude, thanks for watching us so late. I really appreciate it. Everyone go home and tuck your family in really, really tight tonight. <laughs> all right. Take care. <laughs>